Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. There's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins. A well-deserved vacation. Mm -hmm. Well-deserved. And he'll be back next week. More on Robbins in a little while. I want you to know something. I know gas prices are not as bad as they were a month ago. Um, But just remember, the prices weren't going up before Putin invaded Ukraine. Yeah, that's a big old lie, man. I, yeah, well, listen, this is the new way to do it. If facts don't line up in your favor, just change the story right. and keep parroting the lie, and the media will join you. Hey, I mean, this is actually astounding. The White House, one, thinks you owe them a big old thank you for the fact that gas is now only, what, about $2 a gallon more expensive than it was when Biden took office. Uh, and the whole thing... When you see the lowering of gas prices over the last uh, five or six weeks, it does knock down the whole Putin's price hike talking point because the war in Ukraine is still going on and gas prices have been coming down. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Yes. Uh, White House Energy Advisor Amos Hochstein, though, he was on Fox News to try to explain this and he dropped this big lie. Okay. The prices start going up as soon as Putin starts uh, intervening in the energy market in Europe. No, no, they actually weren't. Uh, Sure, they they were were going up. They were going. No, that's just factually not true. What? It is factually true that gas prices were going up in the months leading up to the invasion. That is just a flat lie. Okay. Is this some sort of new liberal thing that I can identify however I want? (laughs) And I identify my feeling was the prices weren't going up. Right. So that just makes it true. But it doesn't. But but yes, and it is a fact that gas prices were going up before Putin invaded. So John Roberts, he was the one doing the interview. And and he just kind of kept going back to this point. Like, no, gas prices were going up before this. And in fact, here's a chart, Amos. You can look at it yourself and listen to how this guy tries to spin it when he's confronted with the facts. Okay. On the chart, I was referring to oil prices, not on gasoline. Gasoline prices also come come up. Remember where we were on COVID yeah. a year ago and a year and a half ago. I know that nobody wants to go back to lockdowns that result in lower prices. We want to bring prices down not because of less economic activity and more people at home. We want to bring prices what down. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, he says, I was talking about oil prices. Well, then he needs to have his hearing checked because that wasn't the topic of conversation. The other point is oil prices were trending upwards, too. There, I mean, there, there, oh was a, there was a dip in the fall of last year, uh, but it was still higher than it was when Joe Biden took office. So even that's a lie. You know, this is part of the whole problem, isn't it? And we said this for a while. A lot of people have. We can't agree on facts. Right. I mean, is there a better example than this? No. We all saw it. We know it. Because we have more economic activity, more supply on the market, and companies are investing in America uh, so that we can have that capacity brought on while at the same time investing in uh, the future of energy. That capacity brought on, what's he talking about? Uh, Talking about, I guess, oil and then refining capacity. Okay. Now, when I hear 
different world news analysis about the drop in prices. They're talking about, well, the economy in a lot of places is down. People are driving a lot less. It is basic supply and demand. Yeah. This is not really how you want prices to come down when, well, it's because of the economy, but that's kind of it. Yeah, that is it. There, there are fears of uh, global recession, perhaps even worse than recession, the old D word. Uh, in some spots, you've got China that is still chasing this insane COVID zero policy, which is affecting their demand for oil in China because, well, if they don't have anywhere to go, if people aren't traveling, if people aren't working, and if people aren't sending boats filled with goods out into the ocean, guess what doesn't get used that much? Oil. Right. You know what? we got to get to China in a second. I want to ask you about something else that we didn't plan on, but we were talking about this yesterday after the show. It was a story you saw, David, about Spain. I believe it was Spain, where they're telling residents, hey, uh, no, it's summer and it's hot, but you can't put your air conditioning down below 81 degrees. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it was like 81, 82, something like that. Yeah. And in the winter, you can't make it any warmer than 66 degrees. Right. Because we have energy issues. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, that, that, that's a big problem. And when I read something like that, and, you know, the obvious question is, well, who's going to monitor that? Well, there are a few different ways they can do it. They can look at your uh, energy consumption overall and then make an inference based on that. And then also, I'm, I'm sorry, I know I was the tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist, but what the hell do you think the push for smart homes has been all about? <laughs> Dude, that was such a great conversation. We had that yesterday. And I know Robbins used to say, hey, what do I care when they put ads on my Facebook that right. I want to see? <laughs> it's not junk mail if you want it. Well, it's, they're harvesting your information in order to sell it, in order yes. to create a profile of who you are. And that has been extended into your home. If you have right. a smart home, I'm, I'm begging you for your own safety. <laughs> unplug all of it. <laughs> Because it's only a matter of time before the government comes in and says, hey, you know what, and, you know, insert company here. Right. Uh, we would like this person's information. And, in fact, while you're there, could you, uh, I don't know, unlock their doors for us? Yeah. And also, make sure your kids stay on TikTok. That right. way we know everything. Yes. <laughs> Goes right to China. Well, you even have in San Francisco right now, they're, they're overcorrecting based on the crime wave that they have. Uh, and now they want to empower police to be able to tap into live private security video. Wow. So in real time, they can just sort of go into your camera. See, that's terrifying. Why don't, why don't you like the idea of having a Nest camera in your house, David? <laughs> this is why! <laughs> Meanwhile... China has been working on even more dangerous viruses. Uh, what? Yeah. So that came out yesterday as a part of Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. He has uh, launched a uh, series of hearings over gain-of-function research. Uh, because, you know, Fauci and others have been very flighty on whether or not we are funding gain-of-function research. And what gain-of-function is, is basically in broad strokes where scientists juice up a virus to see what it does. Best case scenario, they're researching how to stop it. Worst case, we're talking about developing bioweapons and very, very dangerous and uncontrollable weapons at that. Uh, now, in China, we know the government was doing this type of research in Wuhan, and the coronavirus that we've been dealing with could have, I would say probably, uh, came out of that lab where this research is happening. 
with the Chinese military there. Yeah. Uh, yes. So Dr. Stephen Quay, he's been out front talking about the need to find out what really happened with COVID. I know some of the medical establishment and media want to call him just a conspiracy nut. But again, check the record. Uh, The people who are asking questions about what was going on in the Wuhan Institute of Virology are looking better and better every day. Absolutely. Uh, He testified about the research being done in China and dropped this little Snapple fact. In December 2019, they were doing synthetic biology on a cloning vector of the Nipah virus, which is 60% lethal. We just experienced a 1% lethal virus. Uh, My estimates would be that that could set us back a millennium. Um, The the Black Plague was a 20% lethal event, and it was 250 years for civilization to return. See, man, they have to be held responsible for this. Yeah. Again, for a lot of us, we already know what Fauci did. Because we've seen the emails. It never makes the lie today with legacy media. But these people should be held accountable for what they did and then for the cover-up, for crying out loud. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, <laughs> you're attacking science. Right. Because he is science. Right. Give me a break. By the way, news update just from a little while ago. Oh, yeah. Legacy media will be very concerned about this news. Absolutely. Uh, WNBA star Brittany Griner sentenced to nine years in prison for drug trafficking in Russia. Remember a few months ago, she was stopped because, well, she was caught with hashish oil in her luggage when she was returning to Russia. She plays there in the offseason. Yep. Um, and, yeah, nine years in prison. Woo, buddy. Wow. And I suppose that might not be the regular sentence in Russia, but because it's this WNBA player from the United States... Yeah. They go a little longer with that sentence? Uh, Yeah, you could say so. You could say that. Yeah, she's being punished for the international tensions that are happening. But you shouldn't do that. I know she testified she made a mistake. She was in such a hurry and and packed that along. She didn't mean to. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. So there's a narrative out there. Yeah. Of the whole reason she was even in Russia. Well, it's misogyny in the United States. Don't you know that? Why? Why? Because WNBA players don't get paid as much as NBA players. Okay, so that means what you then you have to go play somewhere else, right? Well, I mean, Andrea Mitchell went went straight to this on MSNBC when the news was breaking about Brittany Griner, and she's going straight to the well of you know, well they don't make a lot of money, and that's why she had to be there uh, altogether, or in the first place, I should say. Okay. <laughs> She has a, a, you know, an affection for her teammates. She's a star there. And the reason she's pay, playing there is that, uh, you know, as you know better than anyone, players in the WNBA do not make the kind of money that the male players get in the NBA. And so in the offseason, right. they go overseas. Mm-hmm. Okay, they also don't play as many games. It's a 36-game regular season schedule. That's half. Okay. I didn't know it was that, that few. Wow. Yes. So you have that. I mean, she still made $221,000 a year. I think a lot of Americans would be like, hey, I don't have to go to Russia in the offseason. We're <laughs> right. working half the year for two hundred twenty-one grand. Right. Whoa, he's me. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, Are you kidding? Yeah, but a pay disparity didn't, didn't force her to bring drugs into a foreign country 
And no. you got and I'm sorry, it's like, yes, obviously Russia is taking advantage of a situation. Obviously yes, they, they want to use this as a as a as a uh, as a pressure point against the United States and obviously this is not what justice looks like. But at the same time, you got to be smarter than that when you're going into a foreign country. You got to kind of know what's going on around the world before you try to bring your pipe in. Well, yeah, and she's been there before. Yeah. She should she should know it. And again, I guess it, we have to say it. I don't want to see her in jail, but she got herself into this situation. Okay, and well, Biden has to do something. What's he going to do? Yeah, well, that's were, the question. They were floating out the idea of like releasing a Russian arms dealer in exchange. Sorry, yes. no, no. We we should never do that. That negotiation was so lopsided, unbelievable. Yeah. And the whole argument about. The WNBA and women's salaries. Have you ever? Well, obviously, you've never heard they play a 36 game schedule. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors. They don't have fans. People don't watch it. Wasn't it Bill Burr? Yeah. Who just did a bit on that. If you've never heard it, we should do that coming up in just a few. Also, a health official in San Francisco um, begging for justice because we need vaccine equity for Latinx men who get monkeypox. <laughs> That's not even a joke. <laughs> we'll get to it and much more coming up. Dave Ramsey, you're celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jeremy Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins. On vacation? Happy for him. Okay, David. So a San Francisco health official yeah. is fighting for justice, <laughs> saying we need vaccine equity for Latinx men who get monkeypox. <laughs> well, the media is still on this monkeypox thing, even though the vast majority of Americans, including uh, gay men, are not at any risk of getting it. The, it you know, if you want to rename it, because I know we're supposed to rename diseases to lift a stigma or some such nonsense yeah you call it pile pox okay because the way most people are getting it is when they jump in the pile at the bathhouse so you're saying if you just stay away from the pile yes chances are you're not going to get it exactly okay there's a really good chance you're fine uh but apparently there is a big problem in san francisco with with a evidently vaccine equity among Latinx men. This is Dr. Susan Phillip, a health official with the city and county on CNN. Okay. Um, Latinx men, Latino men in San Francisco are disproportionately impacted. So we're working with our community organizations to give them appointment slots where people don't have to wait in line, and we are trying to achieve vaccine equity that way so everyone has a chance to get vaccine. Stop jumping in the pile. <laughs> you don't you don't have to worry about a long line if you stop jumping in the pile for six weeks. Give it a rest. Now, isn't it safe to say that one of the reasons there is a huge problem here in that community is because health officials were afraid to let that community know they were at serious risk. Yes. They just said, hey, just watch out for this thing, not specifying, hey, you in particular, yeah. if this is part of your lifestyle, be very afraid. Right. Because this can happen, because that would be stigmatizing people. That's what they say. But that you actually did that entire community a, a huge disservice. Of course. By not telling them the truth. 
Well, it was Pride Month. You got to understand. That's actually what somebody said a few weeks ago. You got to understand it was Pride Month. We didn't want to add any stress to that community. No, man. You tell them to stay away from the pile during Pride Month. Sorry. You're going to have to sit this one out. Or you might get monkeypox. The choice is yours. I don't care. You want to risk it, go ahead. But then the equity. And then, okay, so it's the uh, uh, Latinx men. Yes. They're not getting the appointments. Everybody else, everybody else is within the it, yeah. the community are getting yeah. the appointments, and not yeah. these dudes. Yeah. Okay. But it also doesn't make any sense because isn't Latinx that whole thing or Latinx is supposed to be the gender neutral? But if you are speaking specifically to men, then it is just Latinos. Y- yes. Well, unless you're identified, who knows? <laughs> yes, I think you're right. This is this is what happens when we play pretend too I, much. People get totally, hurt. totally agree. Oh, um, mentioned this earlier. We should probably play this if you have it. The Bill Burr. Oh, it's not. I got a lot of editing to do. Okay, yeah, we shouldn't just play that out of the blue. We were talking about Brittany Griner since the nine years in prison in Russia. Yeah, for... she's the WNBA player. Mm-hmm. We were talking about why the WNBA stars don't make as much money. Okay, and. Part of my point was, well, they play half the schedule. It's 36 games. And I know it's still much lower, but Brittany Griner's making two hundred and twenty-one grand a year playing 36 games for the regular season. And I know there's playoffs, but my gosh. But this tale of, oh, she's got to go to Russia to make up the money. What? But Bill Burr has a different take yeah. of why some female athletes don't get paid as much. It's just really interesting. Oh, by the way, I know people are no longer supposed to say there's no difference between men and women, which is crazy um but megan trainer is in some trouble you know who megan trainer is right yeah all about that base lady yes um she and her husband have side-by-side toilets that's weird it's really weird i think we talked about it at the time though that's really strange (laughs) yeah it is and she was in the doing this interview talking about if they're both going one they'll hold hands no and he'll hang around if she's going number two Okay, but if he's going number two, she's got to get out of there. And the quote was, man poops are on a different bleeping level. (laughs) Which I 100% agree with, but you can't say that. Because, well, you know why. I don't understand it. Well, God wants you to have an abortion, said Whoopi Goldberg. Back next. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This is Jack Riccardi celebrating the 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right. The Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins off for a few days. Okay, this was news to a lot of Bible-believing Christians. Yeah. God wants you to have an abortion. (laughs) From Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, the ladies on The View, which, by the way, is part of the ABC News division, they were kicking around the idea of abortion after the vote in Kansas, which I think a lot of people are over-reading right now uh, when it comes to uh, strict abortion bans, when it comes to how voters feel about abortion, uh, and people who should know better are really not reading this correctly. But 
Totally agree with you. <laughs> but that's, that's a totally different conversation. Anyway, Reverend Whoopi Goldberg did some Bible splaining. Oh, buddy. Okay, Whoopi. God doesn't make mistakes. All right. Well done. Next. Oh, she goes on. Yeah. Uh. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the that's the beauty yeah. of giving us freedom of choice. That's why Cain killed Abel. Yeah, right. It wasn't working for him. <laughs> was, what is she talking no. about? Freedom of choice. No. Yes, because I know my relationship. You know, my relationship is always choppy. <laughs> with it's always with God. With God, always, because I have a lot of questions. You. You're his favorite. Oh, I listen, I, I, I have no doubt, but I also know that God made me smart enough to know that if there are alternatives out there that can work for me, I will investigate them. But I also know God said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I will not make that decision for anybody. <laughs> wow. You know, that's the big that's the big message of the Bible, Old New Testament. It's uh, God just wants you to do what makes fe- what makes you feel good. Absolutely. That's <laughs> and he made you smart enough to make those choices. Right. Whatever works best for you, that's what you should do. You know, that's really interesting in a way. I mean, it's mindless. Right. It probably goes without saying, but it's also interesting in that what did she say? Because it's uh, she has a lot of questions. That's yeah. why it's this choppy relationship she has with God, right? Yeah. Something like that. It's always choppy. God. With God, always, because I have a lot of questions. You. I think every Christian has a lot of questions. Anyone of any faith has a lot of questions. Yeah. That's okay. Where do you go to answer the questions? I, the pro-abortion rally? <laughs> I don't think they have it for you. Whoop. <laughs> Think you might want to go to the Bible. Just saying. I didn't have a do unto others. So I'll just cherry pick something here. Yeah. God wants me to be happy. I think it said so somewhere. Well, well to, try to try to bring up do unto others as a it justification. Right. I mean, like, wait. So as a justification for abortion is, is really interesting. So you would want someone to kill you mm. in utero then. Yes. Gotcha. That's, that's, wow. I mean, she has really dumb takes there's no doubt about it but that's up there in the top five i'm thinking <laughs> that's amazing wow that's that's actually the first commandment i don't know if you knew about that that moses comes down from the mountain and he says and god has commanded you do what you want all right uh, you're smart enough to figure it out <laughs> yep every christian wedding they say and may you multiply well hold on what do you think is it going to work for you well you'll decide at the time yeah. you want to kill that baby or not all right now i now pronounce you man and wife the entire book of deuteronomy is just one big question mark right just whatever <laughs> like the riddler logo okay uh other stuff to get to you know what speaking of liberals there was this piece this was from The Federalist. Eddie Scarry, mm-hmm. he has a new book out. I've read some of his stuff before. It was pretty interesting. The name of the book is Liberal Misery, How the Hateful Left Sucks Joy Out of Everything and Everyone. Boy, it sounds it? like it could have been written by Van Camp. It's true, man. They are miserable people. Yes. So he writes this piece from this columnist from the Washington Post who had a column last week. Um, what's his name? Brian Broom? 
He literally said he hates Christmas. Just hates it. He's gone on that tirade before. Okay. And this dude was writing, In the liberal circles in which I mostly travel, it's nothing short of blasphemy to speak a positive word about any conservative for any reason. Mm-hmm. Said many of my friends can't even bear to hear their names mentioned. I was reminded of this when, in conversation with a friend, I mentioned my approval of Representative Liz Cheney's performance during the January sixth hearings, <laughs> and the liberal friends would have none of it. Don't even say her name. Wow. I mean, we're not even talking about a real conservative. <laughs> talking about Liz Cheney. So anyway, um, this liberal guy from Wapo. Said, you know, he was shocked and he was hurt and, and and outraged that anyone, you know, would react that way when you just say something positive about a conservative person. Dude, this happens all the time. Yeah, he's just now figuring this out. Thought that was interesting. Um, Kamala Harris gets made fun of a lot, and deservedly so, in my opinion. Um, you know, she was talking about mail-in ballots. What a disaster that was last election. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it had to get fixed. All right, have you heard this audio? I have not, no. Okay, excellent. Just wanted to bring it in and see what you think about Kamala relating to people talking about mail-in ballots. Roll it. They said when they voted, I think sometimes with voting, is you're just putting in your order. This is what you want. So when people stood in those lines for hours... When they sat at their kitchen table for hours figuring out how they were going to fill out their ballot to vote by mail. When they drove by those drop boxes with their kids in the back seat, patiently waiting to, to drop off that ballot. They were putting in an order. So you're just talking about it's making an order when you vote. Yeah. Can you tell me, and maybe I missed this at the time, were there people sitting at their, did she say kitchen table? For hours trying to figure it out? Is that true? For hours figuring out how they were going to fill out their ballot? <laughs> who do you speak of? Right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if there were people who were going back and forth between candidates, or is she talking about people who couldn't figure out how to fill out the form? Because the forms are not that complicated. No. And then sitting patiently with their kids in the car? Mm-hmm. Just to put in their order for who they wanted to be elected? Were were there massive lines for the drop-offs? Did we miss that story, too? I mean, the issue was that there was not enough control over drop-boxes. Correct. I mean, I guess if you're talking about, like, Harris County, the Houston area, they did uh, drive through voting. So I presume you had to wait in line in order to do the drive through voting. So you could put okay. in your order for this crap sandwich that we have. Right. Well, and saying, like, somehow that was so hard. Okay, I think you've waited in line before to vote, right? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've waited in line. It's, it's part of it. If someone said, hey, we can do this different if you want, uh, you can just wait in your car and then pull up a little bit at a time. I think you'd always take the car. It's more comfortable. Yeah, you listen to your tunes and whatnot. Yes. But all these poor people with their kids in the car. Right. <laughs> Like, you got to be kidding me. It's such a phony. Here's another piece of audio. Speaking of crazy liberals, Libs of TikTok had this one. Now, this is a teacher. Fifth graders, sixth graders. Um, and she really wants to get across 
how using the correct pronouns is important. Okay? Okay. It, it means a lot to her. Um, but just listen how this rolls out. Because remember, we've heard before, there's no sort of trans agenda in schools. No. Go ahead, Roland. Okay, TikTok, I really need your help here on this one. I'm a teacher. I teach fifth and sixth grade. And uh, this morning, I don't know, somehow um, the concept of pronouns came up. Um, and one of my students said, well, Miss O'Dell, did you even ask me my pronouns? And I was like, whoa. I hadn't actually asked him his pronouns, and I had called him a him, and I I said, oh, uh, I'm so sorry, I haven't actually called you, I mean, asked you what your pronouns are, and... Um, By the way, what do you think so far? It sounds like the kid is messing with her. <laughs> and you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought that, I yeah. referred to him as him, because for a sliver of a second, you were a normal human being. Right. Okay. And then listen, you are right, David. You were sniffing it out. What are they? He said, I'm sorry, banana said, banana and rock. And I was like, dude, no, like, don't mess around. I was, I was actually really upset because I thought he was making fun of it. And in fact, I'm still pretty sure he was making fun of it. And, uh, but they all agreed, no, like, you can choose anything. Banana, rock, if you want banana and rock to be a pronoun, banana and rock's a pronoun. Is it? TikTok, tell me. <laughs> According to your insane ideology, yeah, it is. Uh, yep. I hate to tell you, but yeah, I mean, when you get this like Z, Zer, Zem stuff going on and somebody's, you know, or they, them, and there and all of this stuff, then everything's fair game. If If everything is just a construct that doesn't refer to anything in reality, which is what the trans right. ideology believes... Yes. yes, you who are you to judge if somebody wants to go by the pronouns banana and rock? <laughs> I love this kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? I, that that is so encouraging to me actually. Yes. Because the children will show us the way. All right? I hope. I hope if they're not indoctrinated too soon. She's like, that's not okay. Yeah, but the kids agreed. You can make it whatever you want. Yes, that's the way you set up the rules. And that's funny. Um, you know, I read this story earlier, and now I'm trying to figure out, is it true or not? Or is this just something made up? I think it's true. Did you see where there are a bunch of people on the It's a Small World ride at Disney World that was stuck there for over an hour? I have not heard that. But that sounds like hell. Doesn't it? Because the song was on a loop. Oh. And it went, oh, yeah. it. 45 minutes before it was done. So this person posts a video of one of the boats partially sinking um, and sort of made it sound like it was overloaded with, uh, what's the correct way, chubby tourists. Ah. And someone asked, hey, did they turn the music off? She said, no, not for 45 minutes. Fox News had the story. Um... But some people are saying, well, no one else has confirmed this. Are they just taking shots at Disney? I don't know. If you got video of a half-sunk boat and you're just sitting there forever, I mean, are we talking about a deep fake video just to dupe Disney? I don't know. I doubt it. Disney's got some problems right now. Man, oh, man. You, you just think, if I just get through this ride, you know, try to make my kids' dreams come through. You see the four-hour mark. I got four hours to go, and then you get stuck there. No! Golly. All right. 
Something else you got to get to. A new DA is trying to get tough on crime. We'll see if you like this person. Next. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Hey there, it's Lars Larson. Glad to celebrate 100 years of service on News Talk right. 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Jamie Markley, that's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, hanging out at the Itchy Inn. He's on vacation. That's what they do. They go to ball games and stay at a crappy motel. Yep. All in one room. Yep. Even with monkeypox going around. <laughs> What are you saying? Uh, nothing. Uh, speaking of monkeypox, you know, San Francisco, they're trying to have vaccine equity, yeah. uh, especially for Latinx men who get monkeypox. So one of the health officials in San Francisco said yes. Yeah. Um, at the same time, there is some good news for San Francisco. It looks like new DA, David. Yeah, they got a new district attorney there, uh, Brooke Jenkins, uh, who replaced the former communist district attorney, Chesa Boudin. And I, again, I feel like I got to say this every time. I don't use the word communist flippantly in that in that context. The guy is literally a communist. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so Chase Boudin is part of his uh, brave new world idea of utopia. Uh, he made dozens of plea deals, especially for repeat drug dealers, uh, repeat offenders who were drug dealers. I mean, uh, well, she has uh, renounced that, revoked more than 30 plea bargains that Chase Boudin had offered to drug offenders during his administration. Good. So there's this broader policy that's been unveiled, which would prohibit drug dealers arrested with more than five grams of drugs from being referred to the city's so-called community justice court. Oh. Uh, it would also impose enhanced charges for dealers arrested within a thousand feet of a school, and then also seek. Hey, guess guess what? This novel concept: pretrial detention for fentanyl dealers in extreme cases. So yeah, you've been out dealing fentanyl. You're going to stay in jail until you your trial. Absolutely. Well, dude. I mean, they they looked at the outstanding drug cases published. Uh, they found that as of July, there are 157 cases involving narcotic sales currently in these so-called collaborative courts, like the San Francisco Community Justice Court, and more than half of those cases involve fentanyl. And 40 defendants in those cases have multiple open drug cases. So this whole thing is just about being pro-criminal. And uh, Brooke Jenkins is trying to reverse that. So little that by little, hopefully sanity is returning to San Francisco. Well, it's just like L.A. And when you're talking about Boudin, you know, it's George Soros money that gets these people in there. Yeah. And he wants to destroy the country. People say, oh, it's a conspiracy. No, that's real. And no, these policies don't make sense for anybody unless you want to destroy a community. You've seen it in San Francisco, L.A., big fight going on right now where you have people that have lived there for years and have said, we've tried to help the homeless, okay, but we can't have homeless encampments around the schools. you got to clear them out. Yeah. And you have the activist group there said, absolutely not. Equity. Yeah. They should be able to camp out wherever they want. Yeah. That's insanity. It's certainly not safe for kids. You can't have a society like that. Um, I think maybe good news for you, David. I'm not sure. There's an opportunity to get married in a discount grocery store, and that store is Aldi. <laughs> now, for those that don't know, 
you and your wife got married. It was a courthouse situation. Yeah. And I think for your food and festivities, it was Jimmy John's and then back to work. Yes. It was over a lunch married. break. We got married on a lunch break. The reception was at Jimmy John's. It was freaky fast and delicious. <laughs> and then we went on our, our merry way. Well, Aldi is giving one lucky couple uh, a grocery store-themed wedding. Talking about a cocktail reception flowing with Aldi food and beverages. Including a branded tiered wedding cake. I know you said at some point in time in the future you're going to do it right with a big reception and everything. I'm just saying you could get your uh, application in now for Aldi. Yes, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. There's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Well deserved. Okay. Um, you know, these oil companies, they should be helping out the federal government. Oh. Okay. I know that there's some new policies that want to put these fossil fuel companies out of business. Mm-hmm. But it's their patriotic duty to help, isn't it? That, that's what we keep hearing with gas prices still uncomfortably high. Uh, Joe Biden has explicitly stated he wants to put fossil fuel producers out of business. His lackeys in the White House have said so, too. So it, it's no surprise that oil and gas companies aren't chomping at the bit to make long-term investments, which could help with gas prices now if they know that, okay, we're going to be able to continue doing what we're doing and make these investments 10, 15 years out. Uh that could increase the capacity for refining, for drilling, for producing. But energy advisor Amos Hochstein tells Fox News the opposite is actually true, that these companies should just take one for the team. Okay, let's hear it. When I meet with the CEOs of most of the major oil companies, they do not complain about any regulatory restriction for them increasing production. And in fact, John, I'll tell you, last week was uh, the reporting for the second quarter earnings of oil companies. And they all had record profits, and I mean historically record profits. The fact that we want to accelerate the move to electric vehicles, the fact that we want to accelerate solar and wind does not, does not go uh, in contradiction to the fact that we're expecting them to increase production in the short to medium term. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does, actually. It <laughs> I don't know what world you're living in. Is this a world the way you wish it would be? Because that's not reality. That's not how businesses operate. No, of course not. And they keep falling back on this thing of like record record profits, right? And yes. they love to point to, I think it was the last quarter of last year, maybe, uh, the Dallas Fed did a survey of oil producers, oil companies. And they said that the biggest thing that is preventing them right now or the biggest motivation for them to do business as they've been doing it is shareholder pressure, meaning they they got people in the company who are propping mm-hmm. the company up who want to see big returns on their investments. And that's true. And, they, and so the Biden administration likes to twist that to mean that there is no regulatory issue 
when it comes to producing oil and gas, when it comes to refining. They completely do this sleight-of-hand game to say that those two things are completely separate. They're not, because what the shareholders are also keenly aware of is that if they have a federal government that's telling them, we want to put you out of business and we may do so in the next decade, then they're absolutely going to get while the getting's good. Yes. Well, they're going to try to survive. And if that means somehow switching to something green, it's going to take a whole lot of money to invest in research and development. And I mean, listen, you know, does it bother me when the fat cats make all the money and then the hardworking people suffer? Well, sure, like anybody else. But this isn't anything new. Right. Okay, you caused this. You made this happen. You've said it many times, David. 98% of the world runs on fossil fuels. It's going to be that way for a while. Yes. Okay, we're strangling production here in the United States. While China doesn't give a flip, they're going back to coal. Right. India doesn't care. Russia doesn't care. Okay, you you think that, uh, well, we're going to have green energy and clean air here, and it's just going to stay here. We don't have to worry about China and any other country. That's insane. No, it, it doesn't make any sense. It is completely insane. And, I mean, even Europe is, is bringing coal plants back online. They are. And yeah. I think it was the EU that is on board with reclassifying gas as clean energy so that it meets their green weenie stuff. Right. But all these jokers want is for legacy media to parrot it and say, yeah, rich oil companies, bad people, rich fat cats. We can do this America and we can do both of those at the same time. In fact, we have to do both. We cannot sustain energy growth for the next several years without also affecting the demand side. Well, dude, if you'd had a plan going forward to say, hey, we're going to try to you know, transfer over, over time. This is going to take a while. Yeah. Okay. Not everyone's going to be believing in your vision at all, but at least that gives you some room to grow. Yeah. But what's happened is, well, we got to do this now because the far left took over. Yeah. And AOC's like, we're going to die by 2030. Ah. <laughs> and then you have the administration doing what they're doing. You know, and with the whole thing... You know, you could go into the whole green energy stuff, because as you talked about, China produces most of the stuff we need for green energy. Yes. That rarely gets brought up. But it's so simple when you look at economics, and we're in a recession, and the White House saying, well, no, it's not, it's not really the terms of a recession. Yes, it is. And it's interesting when you have just a couple of regular people who don't identify as from the right or conservative, saying, hey, this is a load of crap. Right. The White House saying this isn't some sort of recession. And it was Joe Rogan, along with Chris Williamson. And I know you've heard this now because you had to edit it down. Mm -hmm. Because I heard it, and I'm like, yeah, it might take a little editing. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, it's common sense to people. By the way, Joe Rogan just said, what, within the last couple of weeks, please don't identify me as a right winger. I'm not. Right. Because he hates that. But this is just common sense. But the, so the, the bizarre thing about the uh, recession situation is the fact that it doesn't matter what you call it, right? You can call it paradise if you want, but it's still right. like all of the criteria <laughs> of what's happening. Yes. In- 
I love that. You could call it bleeping paradise, but it's still bleep. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true. Indicates a recession. They're literally changing the definition, which is terrible. And it should be pushed back against in a big way. It should should be something that people get angry about. Like, hey, you're with definitions in order to pretend that you're doing a good job. Well, the reason that you attach a sequence of letters to something, right, is to represent what that thing is. You don't change reality by changing what those words actually mean. Right. But if you can't control the economy, you might as well just control the language and hope for the best. God. What a bunch of weasels. (laughs) Yes! I I like that they're waking up to that, and that means that millions of more Americans are waking up to what the left always does. As soon as they start losing the argument, they change the language. That's why it's not women getting pregnant. It's people get pregnant. That's why abortion is women's health care. What a bunch of weasels. Right. <laughs> a recession is not really a recession. Right. Exactly. Um, let's go to China. So live fire drill near uh, Taiwan. Yeah. Well, they're, they're bent out of shape because House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. Uh, they don't like that because they feel it gives legitimacy to the fact that Taiwan is its own country. China doesn't see Taiwan as its own country. And because, you know, Western countries are whores for Chinese cash, we go along with that fantasy. Uh, China fired multiple missiles towards waters near Taiwan. They also flew, what was it, 22 fighter jets across the median line in the Taiwan Strait that's halfway between China and Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And generally, even though they don't recognize it as like this demarcation line, they generally respect it out of, you know, international peacekeeping norms and things like that. Well, they ignored it this time. Uh, And, of course, this has now caused disruption to flight and ship schedules, with some international flights canceled, vessels urged to find alternative routes for several ports on the island. So we got more supply chain issues because China is a whiny baby. Yes. Yeah, I just went to get a drink of water down the hall the last break, and it was a buddy of ours from a different radio station. And he just looked at me and goes, are we at war with China yet? I'm like, not yet. Check back in about an hour. We'll see. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think so, but not yet. Oh, we are at war with China. We've been in a lot of different ways, yes. For years. And have been, yes, but. absolutely. But let's give them money for gain-of-function research. Well, of course, yeah. Why not? We can trust them. Yeah. Just because the Chinese military is there at that lab in Wuhan, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. We trust them. It's insanity. Okay, you have a piece of audio here, David, from the Philadelphia Phillies announcer. I don't know about this. What is this about? Uh, well, as a commentator, Ruben Amara Jr., uh, he was sharing a story during a game, you know, as you know, you're waiting for batters to get into the box or pitchers ready to throw, things like that. You got to kill time, right? So they're talking about baseball bats. And there okay. was maybe some unfortunate phrasing here. Okay. Interestingly, Pete Rose used to use a uh, a bat that was manufactured in, ja- in Japan, the Mizuno bat. When I was bat boy for the Phillies, and it was oh, really? the hardest wood I had ever touched. There you go. Oh, buddy. Oh, Not everyone boy. can be Vin Scully. All right. I was going to say, yeah, the passing of Vin Scully and how he would weave a story in. And yeah. I hope 
that the producers and people that work around this guy don't just save that and play it over and over at inopportune times. That point for the Phillies, and it was oh, really? the hardest wood I had ever touched. Because that would be insufferable for someone to do something like that. <laughs> it's entirely among men who have sex with me. <laughs> Scott Robbins on vacation. <laughs> And but you know he lives on on the show with uh, you know some of the things he said over time. I'm going to be the whacker if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> totally out of context. <laughs> and he's all, he's afraid that we're going to do it. Why would he be afraid of that? I have no idea. I'm going to be the whacker. Anyway, scientists create zombie pigs. You're like, okay, that's a joke. It's not a joke. you got to hear this story. Right ahead, right this here. is Joe Reinagle celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah! The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Okay, so Biden had COVID. And then I'm feeling great. He's back. Yeah. Wait, rebound COVID. Yeah. Oh. Well, and apparently that's that's not a rare thing. No. It happens to people. No, it, it, it isn't rare. And it's because this Paxlovid thing... Yeah, that's supposed to be it's like an antiviral. It's supposed to knock down viral levels in your system and it gives you a mirage. That's what it seems like, because it it knocks them down for a few days. Once you're done with the regimen, you think you're okay, and then boom, you're positive again. So it doesn't work. Basically, yes. David Gortler from The Federalist wrote a piece about Paxlovid. And just like Biden, I think my dad is maybe one year older than Biden. Okay, maybe two. Got COVID. Okay, VA sent him Paxlovid. Take this for the next week. Okay. Week later, test positive again. Yeah. The same sort of deal. We've heard this many, many times. So in this piece, talks about countless Americans have taken this and then get the rebound COVID. But no, no reason why has really been established. No definitive explanations. It's a mystery. But as the writer says, it, it can't be good. You don't have to be a physician to know that having a high-risk patient get sick twice is worse than once. Of course. But it raises all these public health and drug safety concerns. According to the NIH, only high-risk populations are supposed to get Paxlovid. Okay. But again, you've got high-risk patients getting a rebound. That's not good. Yeah. So the question is, why are they still advocating for Paxlovid's use. And it's a great question. Because they paid for it, and, you know, it's made by Pfizer, so... (laughs) Well, and that's the question, ultimately, that's being asked. Is there some sort of unholy union between the FDA, Pfizer, and the Biden White House? Because this doesn't make any sense. They paid $10.6 billion for this. Off of a pilot study. Now, get this. It showed nearly 90% effectiveness, which later dissolved... To well, okay, maybe not ninety percent, but uh, okay, it's, it's it's still good. Then it failed its trial endpoints when compared to a placebo group. Okay, 
Apparently, as the piece says, the Biden White House didn't realize that informal preliminary pilot studies are never conclusive and results need confirmation with a formal uh, clinical trial. Regardless, they paid $10.6 billion and it doesn't work. No. And they're still saying you should use it. That's crazy. It is. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, I, and to me, I don't think it's it, it's not like it causes COVID to come back or anything like that. I just think it masks it while you, while you still have it, which when we're worried about things like asymptomatic spread is not good. That's a that's a really bad thing to do to mask your illness while you're taking this drug because you want to know, OK, am I still sick? Am I still potentially spreading it? Things right. like that. You don't want to get to a point where you're a week later and all of a sudden you got a fever again, you're coughing again. Oops, I was just around X, Y, or Z person, you know, or, oh, no, I just got let back out into the general population of the nursing home. Now everybody's sick. Like, that's a really bad idea. And, and right now, when it looks like this COVID vaccine is most effective as some sort of pre-treatment, meaning it'll, it makes symptoms less severe, Right. It seems like Paxlovid is, at least from what, what I can tell here, is working against everything that we've already set up. But Pfizer's making a boatload of money. Well, hell yeah, they are. And, and people, people invested in it. And people who are on these advisory committees don't necessarily have to disclose all of their, uh, all, all of their uh, uh, consulting conflicts of interest. Yeah. You know, man, I know. We'll move on. I want to get to the zombie story. But it's probably worth stating again. It's the trust, whether it's the FDA, CDC, pharmaceutical companies. People don't have any trust. I mean, with with Paxlovid, oh, the bounce back, that rebound, that's less than 1%. Well, okay, 5.4%. And then it was, well, 10%. And then at the end of July, they're like, well, 20 to 40%. Right. It just keeps moving. (laughs) So frustrating. All right, what's the zombie story? Oh, so researchers at Yale say they've been able to restore blood circulation and other cellular functions in pigs a full hour after the animal's deaths. That's not supposed to happen. Whoa. They think that cells, or they previously believed that cells don't die, or die more quickly than that, I should say. So apparently they don't die as quickly as scientists had assumed. So what they did was they actually forced these pigs to have heart attacks and die. And then they use a system they've developed called Organ X, which enables oxygen to be recirculated throughout the dead pig's body, preserving some cells. The practical application of this would be uh, for organ donations. If somebody dies, they could keep uh, cellular function going long enough to preserve some of those organs if they were going to donate them after their death. But instead, you know know where this leads. It's a zombie pig outbreak, and we're all going to (laughs) die. See, this stuff terrifies people, and I understand it. Yeah. Bring it back to life after an hour? Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The biggest story of the day so far, David? One of them that's been kind of flying under the radar in legacy media is the Capitol Hill testimony from scientists yesterday talking about uh, gain-of-function research. This is a big deal. It, yeah, and because you know Dr. Fauci's been out there saying, we have never funded gain-of-function research. Yes, you have. And, and yeah, they, they have. They just changed the definition of gain-of-function research. So a common person would, would look at the definition of the research they were doing in Wuhan and elsewhere and say, that's probably gain-of-function. And he's saying, well, no, it didn't meet the technical definition because we didn't know for sure what would happen.
Oh, gosh. All right, we need to get to that story. Also, uh, a former love of David has gone through another pronoun change. We got to hit that, too. Straight ahead. This is Nora O'Donnell from CBS News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to my hometown of San Antonio and South Texas. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Action. That's David Van Camp from Millennial. And the sexy Boomer. A well-deserved vacation. That's Scott Robbins. Okay. He would have loved this story. Um, you know, Fauci, Lord Fauci. Yes. Say, hey, there was never any gain-of-function research. Mm-hmm. I can't do the voice quite like you, David. There wasn't. Senator Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. Very. Yeah. See, that's awesome. So, yeah, gain-of-function research in broad strokes is where scientists will juice up a virus to try to see what it does. And they've they've played around with the definition of that in order to skirt... Uh, certain levels of scrutiny into this type of research, which can be very, very dangerous, right? So, so a lot of scientists are against it. Yeah, the the one of the justifications is well, we need to juice up these viruses because uh, to get ahead of any natural mutations or evolution that may happen in the wild. So, if there's I don't know a new SARS virus <laughs> that comes out, we'll be able to develop treatments for it. We'll we'll know how it acts essentially. And then I'll be a hero. Um, yeah, but of course, there is also the bioweapons side of it. Why you would juice up viruses to see how you could weaponize certain pathogens. Um, and that is that is a part of the research, unfortunately. And, and a lot of countries, including our own, do partake in this type of research. There are a couple of big labs here in the United States that partake in that particular type of research. Now, they won't admit that it's for bioweapons, but... You know, because you're not supposed to do that, but everybody does it. You know, it's one of those like wink, wink. <laughs> we're we're not doing this, right. but everybody really is we're trying to get ahead. Yeah, in case of a world war or whatever. So there was a congressional hearing yesterday looking at the origins of the coronavirus pandemic and gain of function research, and multiple scientists uh, who were witnesses contradicted Lord Fauci, science's only begotten son. And his claim that the National Institutes of Health never funded gain-of-function research. Uh, Rutgers University microbiologist Dr. Richard Ebright said the statements made on repeated occasions to the public, to the press, and to policymakers by Dr. Fauci have been untruthful. I do not understand why those statements are being made because they are demonstrably false about not funding gain-of-function research. And what, what you always hear from Anthony Fauci is he says, well, we, we reconvened a few years ago when I think it was under the Obama administration where they suspended funding for this type of research. That's right. And so what they did instead, what Fauci and co did was they changed the definition. So technically under the new definition, they weren't funding gain of function research, which is now defined in broad strokes again, as you have to know what the virus is going to do when you mutate it, when you make it different. So in this case, what he says is, well, we were doing research on coronaviruses in bat populations, and yes, we were doing things that may advance their evolution. 
but we didn't know what the outcome would be, and therefore it's not gain-of-function research. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That's basically what, what his argument is. So, by the, again, the strict technical definition this guy can weasel out of, of, of saying, or this guy can weasel out of accusations that they weren't doing gain-of-function research, whereas the common person would say, no, but you are supercharging viruses in a lab, and there's a pretty good chance that we as a global community, have been dealing with the consequences of this reckless research. Yes. What's so frustrating, too, is if you just forget everything you know about this right now, and you just start with a blank slate, and you tell someone, okay, there's a couple of countries, and one is the number one country in the world, there's another country that's growing rapidly, and they want to be number one. Okay, and they've been trying to steal intellectual property from... The big country forever. Yeah. Okay. And they have spies within the country. Um, they've done a number of different things, too many to mention. Plus, as far as their human rights abuses, I mean, the list is way too long to go through it all. Okay. If you're the big country, do you trust them to do this type of gain of function research in their lab? And would you give them money to do it? No. No, I wouldn't. If you just tell someone like that, you would say, that's insane. Right. Why would anyone ever do that? I don't get it. And I'm guessing the same reaction would be, well, if you're the country that wants to be number one, would you use it to create a bioweapon? Absolutely. You would? Yeah. Now, do we have proof of that? <laughs> no, but we know the Chinese military were in that lab. And the Chinese military has also talked about bioweapons with viruses like this for the last seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. You remember what Fauci said when someone brought up a bioweapon with this? Because there's all these different clips of Fauci over time. And it's interesting to hear them back now, knowing what we know. Yeah. Like this. Roll it. Do you remember John, what was in the email? <laughs> John, they only took about 10,000 emails from me. Of course I remember. I remember all 10,000 of them. Give me a break. <laughs> so, but to be clear, you're saying you don't remember, or you can't tell us what, what was in no, the body of that exchange. I, I, I don't remember what's in that redacted, but there, I mean, the idea, I think, is quite far-fetched that the Chinese deliberately engineered something so that they could kill themselves as well as other people. Uh, I, I think that's a bit far out, John. The, the amazing thing about the context of that is the email in question Mm -hmm. was about an article suggesting that there was a connection to gain-of-function research overall. But the context did not, as far as we know, we don't know what was redacted. The context of that, though, had nothing to do with bioweapons. Had nothing to do with it. And he just volunteered It had to do with it that. being a man-made virus. Right. Yes. And he took it a step further. Yeah, he did. There's another one, if we had just a second. This was the whole thing when he was saying, yeah, we, we should ask questions, but we shouldn't be accusatory toward right. China. That we want to stay away from that. He had already said it in this exchange, but he goes on. We've got to do it in a combination of diplomacy, scientific, forensic investigation, and do it in a way that the people of good faith, not who want to do blame, but people in good faith are really trying to find out what the origin is. What, and we're seeing what, what does it matter? Yeah. If I'm accusatory or not, we want answers. Yeah. Please. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, um, I, I don't even want to describe it, a lot of pointing of fingers and things like that. Yeah, Rand Paul, lay off. 
And he trusts the Wuhan scientists. Their greatest trusted him for years. And he goes on and on and on. It's just very frustrating. Yeah, it is. want the rest of that to come out. Okay. want to get to this real quick. There are different politicians that we can't stand. Like, as individuals. Mm-hmm. And so, Robbins has his. You have yours. I have mine. One for you is the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler. Oh, Ted Wheeler. Yeah, because he's a horrible human being. He's a spoiled brat. Yes who thinks that he's somehow like he walks on water or something and he's and quite frankly just a really stupid guy and, yes and his, there are a lot of those out there but for whatever reason he goes to another level with you well it's the smugness and, and honestly yeah. i i don't like spoiled brats i don't like trust fund babies i you know especially when they act like they earned everything they get they have I totally um, understand that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that's the the trailer park in me coming out. But <laughs> you think you're better than me? Who you judging, man? <laughs> I get you, man. Yeah. I totally get you. But but also, I I have a, a particularly uh, a, or a particularly high amount of ire for Ted Wheeler because this is a guy who bowed down to violent rioters. Yes. And people Absolutely. are dying as a result of it. Still. The gun violence in Portland is off the charts, and this idiot went along with the most extreme voices in Portland, and now he's going to try to talk tough. Now he's going to crack down on oh. crime, because we haven't heard that before. So Portland has seen gun violence spiral out of control since the summer of love in 2020. And now leaders are saying, well, they want to do something about it. Well, that's a really tall order because it's hard to put. You know, it's, I, I compare the, the, a rising crime rate to how it's easy to get fat. Okay. It's easy to gain a lot of weight because you just eat food you like, right? Sure. It's hard to lose weight. It's hard yeah. to roll back a crime wave. It's very difficult. There's no question about it. Uh, Mayor Ted Wheeler, though, tried to talk tough uh, while talking about the goal of lowering gun violence. Uh, by 10% per year over the next two years. Okay. I know people are used to politicians saying, we're going to end this and we're going to end this tomorrow. And I just reached a point in my life and in my political career where I don't think it's worth it for us to bullshit people. I think we have to be honest about how complex this issue is, oh how much gosh. coordination and investment needs to be made in order for us to be able to turn the tide on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop it. Stop with that. I'm now I'm ticked. Yeah. This we we and we have to do it together. And it's going to take everybody. No, it, it's letting police do their jobs. Yeah. It's cracking down saying, "Yeah, you're going to stay in jail." That's it. Yeah, it it's also hard to hear we're we're going to have to do this together and be partners when you spent years demonizing anybody who spoke out and said Dude, you're allowing chaos in the streets, and this is going to get worse. This is going to get a whole lot worse. I mean, you were calling us fascists. You were calling Trump like yes. the, the secret police from Nazi Germany for wanting to stop people from firebombing a federal courthouse. And now you want to hold hands and sing Kumbaya to save lives? Up yours. Resign in disgrace. Ugh. Well said, man. Too many of those people out there. And... I don't know if you heard this or not. It's a former love of yours. Um, I didn't know if you wanted the update. Has changed her pronouns again. Yeah. It's Demi Lovato. I heard about that. Okay. Demi's uh, been going through it, okay? She's been going through some hard times. Yes, and you've said before, 
that she left you more than you left her yeah. because she kind of lost her mind a little bit. Yeah, she did. You could only support so long. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want to understand why another pronoun changed, because this is has some controversy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she wanted to explain it. All right. Because what was she for a while? Zims or something? It was they, them, I think, because she, she decided that she was going to be non-binary for a little while and grow a mullet. That's right. But now she's got a new record out, so she's yeah. back to... Well, I'll let her explain. Well, they're, they're... Not Fauci. <laughs> I was going to say, Man, She's identifying as Fauci? <laughs> wow. I've actually adopted the pronouns of she, her again. So for me, I'm such a fluid person that I don't really... I don't find that I am... I knew you'd laugh your head off. I knew it. <laughs> That's why I wanted person. to play it. No, you're somebody who wanted attention. You've been going through some. St- I understand you had a you had a uh, a marriage fall apart, or I guess it was a, a, a betrothal fall fall apart on you. Mm. You you've gone through drug rehab stents. I understand you just you're trying to find yourself, Demi. But but stop it, okay? You're you're using pronouns as a costume. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's more. It, to me, it gets better. I felt like especially last year, my energy was balanced and my masculine and feminine energy. <laughs> it was all balanced, see? I got you, yeah. Is that a good thing? I, who knows? So that when I was faced with the choice of walking into a bathroom and it said women and men, I didn't feel like there was a bathroom for me yeah. because I didn't feel necessarily like a woman. I didn't feel like a man. So, see, David, you go from laughing to now you what, look exactly. Okay. Here's a simple test. Stand in front of a urinal and see what happens. <laughs> it's pretty simple there. Yes. Well said. There's more. Um, I just felt like a human. And that's what they, them is, is about for me. It's just about, like, feeling human at your core. Recently, I've been feeling more feminine. Okay. Yeah, all right. Just want you to know, the next ball game or concert I go to, that night, when it's time to take a whiz, I'm going to feel more feminine. <laughs> and I'm going to choose that bathroom. <laughs> the lines are usually shorter. Well, It certainly doesn't smell anything like the Duke. Right, at the, at the Sausage Fest concerts you go to, yeah, the women's line probably is shorter. <laughs> I, I mean, but this... What are you saying? This whole saga just kind of... Well, I mean, come yeah, on, how many chicks are going to Judas Priest? I mean... I didn't go to Judas Priest. Mm. I went to Rival Sons. Okay. That was really good, man. A lot of chicks really in the good. audience there. There were some. Mm-hmm. They had rock cred, I'll give you that. Absolutely they did. Yes. All right. Oh, you want to hear a couple of old fogies trying to talk about their accomplishments at the Democratic Party? This is audio gold next. This is Aaron Katursky, ABC News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to San Antonio and South Texas. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is on vacation. Okay, wait a second. The news update. What is a national emergency? I'm sorry, I'm I'm losing my mind over here. The Biden administration is apparently going to be declaring monkeypox a public health emergency. 
It is not a public health emergency for the vast majority of Americans. Well, no. Because where it's being spread mostly is among the, what is it, uh, 10 or so percent of gay men who are highly promiscuous. The 10% meaning the 10% of all gay men are highly Who are, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, if you take just out of the general population, that's very small. That is extremely small. Wow. Okay, but the pressure was on. (laughs) I'm sorry, but there's a pretty simple solution to this. You you tell guys who No, no, you're not going to... What? Stop going to the bathhouses. Can't do it. Yes, you can. But it was, well, see, it was Pride Month, and then there was a special weekend in San Francisco. It was the Kink Fest. Okay. How dare you? How freaking dare you? <laughs> quit, it seems quit, quit bobbing for apples in the community pool for six weeks, and this thing will go away. You know, that was our news update. I mentioned I was going to play a couple of old people from the Democratic Party. That were talking about their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Remember, you had this yesterday. Jerry Nadler, Carol Maloney, both in New York. Because of redistricting, they're running against each other. And asked about accomplishments, right? Now, if you're familiar with these people, what are they both? 75, 76 years old. Jerry Nadler's an ongoing joke. Yeah. So what has he been able to do? And it was part of the debate. Tucker had this last night. Listen to this dude. An insurrectionist Republican Party, uh, for the first time in our history, trying to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Now, uh, therefore, I, have, I, I am leading the fight to, uh, to stop this. And, that, and I have passed the uh, two impeachments. And in, in leading this, I've impeached uh, Bush twice. Bush? Bush. They were both a waste of time, and you got the wrong dude. You got to go, man. (laughs) These people can't be in charge. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here as always. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Um, Man, we have some great audio to play. Interesting and entertaining stuff. Where do you want to start, David? Because you have a fresh piece of audio. Let's start with this. So one, I just want to set the stage here. Uh, The Biden administration is apparently going to declare monkeypox a public health emergency, which again, for the overwhelming majority of Americans, it is not. You know, you're talking like 99% of Americans, it's not at all a threat to your daily existence. But they're going to no. do it anyway. My solution to monkeypox, though, because we've seen this as, as a one-size-fits-all solution, uh, if you're worried about monkeypox, buy an electric car. Okay, <laughs> Because that's the answer to everything. And on that note, I've got Pete Buttigieg uh, okay. on the Transportation Secretary uh, on CNBC today talking about 
what we need to do to fight high gas prices. And you know where I'm going with this. You know where he's going to go with this. Okay. But it's infuriating nonetheless. What's important is that we get to zero zero emissions as quickly as we can. And that, that too, is not automatically a switch. I think there are a lot of consumers, including me, by the way, uh, who have turned to a a plug-in hybrid vehicle that uh, is, for all intents and purposes, uh, an electric zero-emission vehicle most of the time, like when you're driving it around the city, uh, but uh, but uses gas uh, when you go out over ro- the road. A lot of the more affordable options in recent years uh, and some of the vehicles that are just available uh, more readily have been of that type. Still, the long-term goal has to be to get to true, full zero emission. And we need a tax structure that can do that while also recognizing that, uh, again, you know, to come back to Joe's point on the supply side, uh, we, we also need to make sure that our OEMs uh, have the chance to gear up and, and produce for that. Uh, these vehicles are increasingly popular. We recently crossed that 5% sales threshold that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you look at the experience of other countries, has been found to be something of a tipping point that, that, that leads to you really uh, racing up the curve after that. And that is going to take a lot of work to gear up. So uh, I know there are, there are a lot of different ways to get there. And by the way, we're, we're, we're trying not to dictate every single step of this transition, <laughs> knowing that ultimately it's up to industry, whether you're, and very, very different companies from, from the, the, the Teslas of the world to the, to the big three in Detroit, uh, all doing this in different ways. Uh, but all all helping lead the way toward a made-in-America EV revolution. We're not going to dictate every step of the way, but we're going to raise gas prices on purpose to force you to buy an electric vehicle that you don't want or probably can't afford. And not only that, but how is everyone going to charge it? Right. What's going to happen to the grids? Do they ever get to that point and talk about it? Right. Because when the so-called experts talk about it, it's frightening. We don't have the infrastructure for it. I know I sound like a broken record. We don't. No. Well, that's not a reason not to do it. But yes, it but is. It's a reason to slow down your plans until you're ready for it. I mean, there, there are, ironically, they're digital billboards, but on my way into work that I see every single day that talk about preserve power or conserve energy from 2 to 8 p.m. Every single day I see those messages, and that means turning up your thermostat to 78 degrees and all of this kind of stuff. You know, keep lights off, all of that. And it's not because uh, just to save money on your personal power bill, but it, the idea is that uh, we're worried that the grid is going to be stressed too much. Well, now imagine what happens if every single vehicle is pl- or every single home has an electric vehicle charging overnight. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, that was brought up to Pete not that long ago yeah. when he was being questioned on Capitol Hill. He doesn't have much of an answer for that. That is very frustrating. I mean, we'll just get the frustrating stuff out of the way. Um, I'm seeing more and more. There was a piece I read talking about kids on social media mm-hmm. and that especially if you're talking early teens where, you know, sometimes kids have social media at 10, 11, 12 years old, even though they're not supposed to, parents will let it happen. And the message to parents is you have to get control of this because you don't know who's coming after your kids. Yeah. And they talk about trans activists really trying to influence kids. It's all over the place. And this piece of audio I'm going to play has made the rounds in social media. This is Kellen Lackard, who is a, quote, gender specialist from the Kaiser uh, Permanente in Oakland. Okay, so this is an expert. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this talking about, well, you know, as young as 12-year-olds have had the, what do they call it, top 
surgery. Yeah, it's, it's a double mastectomy. Breast, yeah, breast chopped off. Yeah, is, is what it is. And so this isn't one of those. Oh, that doesn't really happen. That's just crazy people on the right telling lies, hating on trans people. No, this is the gender specialist talking about what they do. Yeah, I think folks have kind of covered the blockers and, and hormones, but I'll talk about surgical care a little bit. Uh, in terms of masculinizing top surgery, I think 12 is the youngest who's had surgery through our program. Um, and in terms of... Lock them up. Yes. Immediately, just for that. In terms of general reconstructive surgeries, we haven't had anyone under the age of 18 have phalloplasty uh, or lentoidoplasty, but we have had uh, a few patients uh, starting 15. I don't think surgery actually happened until 16 that have had vaginoplasty. Okay. No. Okay. That is so crazy on so many levels. And I'll bring up a point that Matt Walsh made yesterday talking about Demi Lovato and her pronoun change again. Mm -hmm. She's back to her, she, her, whatever. Like, this is a grown woman. If she can't have this figured out, you expect a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old? They know forever, yep, all of a sudden I identified whichever way. Let's have the surgery where they're mutilated. Yeah. Where are we? That that's allowed. No, it's it's it is completely insane. And I know Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida got in some trouble from the woke left. Which again, every time they shriek, it only makes him stronger. So I, I hope he keeps yes. pressing this. Uh, but he he was saying, yeah, these doctors who are performing these surgeries, mangling children, uh, ought to be able to be sued. They ought to be able. I mean, yes. to me, that doesn't go far enough. They ought to be in jail. Because you're performing science, grotesque science experiments on children. Um, and so uh, I, I love that somebody is willing to speak out on it in a coherent and eloquent way like Ron DeSantis is. Because this has to stop. And I do think, you know, there's a meme going around that's got the, it's got the trans uh, flag uh, symbol, but mm -hmm. written on it. It says, start thinking of excuses as to why you supported mangling children. Because history, <laughs> yes. you know, the left always loves to say, we're on the right side of history oh. and all this stuff. History will not look kindly upon you if you're saying without question that it's appropriate for children as young as 12 to have healthy children as young as 12 to have double mastectomies because they feel like they're in the wrong body. History will look at you as a monster because these kids are going to grow up. And these kids are going to realize what you did to them, what you allowed to be done to them. And they will also know at that time, oh, my gosh, I was only 13 years old. What yeah. did I know? Right. It's not uncommon for a kid to be an emotional roller coaster already. Right. And then you have adults in their life trying to sway them a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's criminal. Uh, earlier, we talked about Whoopi Goldberg. She's made news because I guess her interpretation of the Bible uh, leads her to believe that God said it was okay to get an abortion. It's a good thing. Yeah. She wrestles with God, you know. That's what she said. <laughs> that's what I hear. And my gosh. That's, that's insane. That's why, I don't know if you know this, her official name is Israel. <laughs> There's a Bible joke right there. <laughs> well played. She also made a comment on student debt. Have you heard this? No, I haven't heard this. Well, heck, yes, we should pay off loans for people that took out student debt. Mm-hmm. 
Um, just see what you think of this role. You have worked your behind off. You've tried to move yourself up the ladder. You talk about people can't get gas, they can't buy food, yes. they can't put their children through through any kind of college. That's because they're paying off these freaking student debts. <laughs> okay, so if anything, as you've talked about and I have for a while, you want to tell a kid don't go into deep debt. As far as going to a university, you don't need it. Now, you might need education for certain jobs, okay? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to go that far in debt because all these people in your life are saying, well, this is the only way to do it. It's not. And if you want proof of that, listen to Whoopi. As she says, these people went through, and now they can't afford anything because they're paying off the debt. Right. And the other thing as you have different people on the left saying, yeah, we should pay off student loan debt. They never talk about, you know what we need to do first? Stop the problem from happening anymore. Yeah. Like, no. you should be out screaming in the streets, don't take out huge student loans! Yeah. I mean, there should be, along with this, and I've mentioned this before, I don't have a problem of the debt being paid for necessarily. I have a huge problem with it being paid for by taxpayer dollars. We should be talking about seriously rating the endowments of these universities. Because, I don't mind that at all. Because if that degree is not worth the investment that you put into it, and if you had no choice but to take out those loans to pay for this bad investment, then you were defrauded. That's yes. what you're saying. Although, again, I you know the left can never think of it in those terms. They, they're incapable of it because <laughs> if you actually really think logically... I know these are two separate cultural issues going on right now, but what they're actually arguing, Whoopi and others and others on the left who are talking about canceling student loan debt, at the age of 18, you're not mature enough to take out a $100,000 loan for an education that won't pay off. But at 12, you are capable of making the decision to have a double mastectomy because you feel like a boy. So true, man. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Another big piece of news today, Brittany Griner, WNBA star. The oh, yeah. one's been in Russia in jail for a while, sentenced to nine years. Nine years in prison, yeah. And I suppose we should go through exactly what Andrea Mitchell said about it because we're hearing more and more the reason she was even in Russia. Yeah. It's because they just don't make enough money. Yeah, it's it's America's fault that she's in prison for nine years in Russia. That's that's what that's what we're getting at. Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC said it. Uh Today, Dana Bash on CNN said that all the same. You know, the WNBA players, they're just severely underpaid because they make a fraction of what men in the NBA make. She makes $221,000 a year for a 36-game regular season schedule. Bill Burr, comedian, his latest special, he talked about the WNBA. Mm -hmm. Robbins had referenced it before. People say, well, why don't they make as much money or female athletes? Here's just It's a little snippet. It's a Okay, that's just a snippet. There's more of that that we got to play because it's hilarious. And you know what we could try to do as an exercise, David? We can go through the, it's less than a minute, but is there anything that he is saying that's not true? That and much more coming up right here.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. A lot going on today. And you had the update earlier. Brittany Griner, WNBA star. Since the nine and a half years. Yeah. In Russian jail. Yeah, for drug smuggling, they say. Hash oil. Yep. And she had said, you know, I, I made a mistake. You know, I never meant to hurt anybody. Um, I never meant to put in jeopardy the Russian population. I never meant to break any laws here. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling, it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope this is far from this courtroom. And then they gave her the nine-and-a-half-year sentence. Uh, yeah. Okay. Again, vape cartridges with cannabis oil. Some people are saying, you know, the Biden administration kind of screwed her in a way as they were trying to negotiate some mm -hmm. sort of swap to get her in another American home. But by doing that, then Russia knew they had something to gain from it. Right. And so, I mean, they wanted some bad dudes. Well, they, they wanted exchange. An, an arms dealer. Yes. It's like, sorry, no, we're not doing, we're not doing that. No. And so then Russia, what are they going to do? Well, we'll make that sentence uh, nine and a half years. Yep. Which is a little harsh. Uh, very harsh, yeah. And so there's a lot of reaction going on. And I think we've said it before. I don't want to see her in jail. That was a dumb mistake, that's for sure. Um, Andrea Mitchell, NBC. You know what she says. She has a, a you know an affection for her teammates. She's a star there. And the reason she's pay playing there is that, uh, you know, as you know better than anyone, players in the WNBA do not make the kind of money that the male players get in the NBA. And so in the offseason, right. they go overseas. Again, $221,000 a year for Brittany Griner. Yeah. And that's a 36-game regular season schedule in the WNBA. I did see the, uh, I think it was the Washington Free Beacon said her new contract is like three thirty. Ooh. So... Yeah, a lot of people would love to have that kind of cash. So no, you don't. You don't have to. I understand they do, but yeah, yeah. there's an opportunity if you yeah. want to do it, but you don't have to. And then it comes back around that conversation. Well, why? Why do the male NBA players make so much more? And you know, this has been around for a while. There's been many conversations. We played a little clip of comedian Bill Burr, his latest special, talking about women's sports in general and the WNBA. It's a male subsidized league. We gave you a league. None of you showed up. Where are all the feminists? That place should be packed with feminists. Faces painted, wearing jerseys, flashing it. Going nuts. Women failed the WNBA. Ladies, ladies, name your top five all-time WNBA players of all time. Come on. It was some, so funny. Somebody went out in the street and did that. People couldn't even name the local team. Right. We had the audio. That's it. Name five WNBA teams. Name the WNBA team in your city. You can't do it. <laughs> you don't give a about them. And it's like, all right, so let me get this straight. I have to buy you a drink, stop the axe murderer from coming through the window, and I have to watch WNBA games for you? Like, when are you going to pick up your end of the couch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's so I mean, hilarious. Well, and, and there are two separate issues here, right? I mean, yes. obviously, Russia has gone way above what they would for anybody else. And this is a political pawn. Yes. Different conversation. True. Yes. But still a funny clip, nonetheless. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And biggest story of the day, David, would be? Uh, I mean, obviously, Brittany Griner being sentenced to nine years in prison is a big deal. Uh, the White House is claiming that gas prices weren't going up before Putin invaded Ukraine, <laughs> which is just we not, get to that. not true. Uh, unemployment claims have also inched up, and we're wondering, okay, is this really the start of the true really bad economic downturn as Walmart is one of the other big companies that have announced mass corporate layoffs. Like what's it's about to get bad folks. It is. That's what it looks like. Yes. Go get to that. Also, you won't believe what kind of vending machines they're installing in San Diego. And it's a national emergency out monkey pox. That's next. Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. There's a millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins out on vacation. His trifecta is he's on vacation, he's happy, leave him alone. There you I go. I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, gas prices, they were, they were fine until Putin invaded Ukraine. It's his fault. Putin price hike. We're still on that, apparently. Yeah, it is. So White House Energy Advisor Amos Hochstein was on Fox News to try to explain this weird discrepancy. Because when gas prices were hitting record highs, the White House was going on this whole thing of it was Putin's price hike. That it was squarely on the shoulders of Putin. Nothing anyone in America had done. And that's it. And we're just going to have to deal with it because freedom in Ukraine matters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, except now they're trying to take credit for gas prices going down about 80 cents or so. And they are, that is, that is good news, but you're still talking about $2 a gallon on average, more expensive than gas prices were when Joe Biden took office. And it's nothing the administration did. Right. So Hochstein was on Fox News and he tried to explain this and he, well, dropped this little nugget of non-truth. The prices start going up as soon as Putin starts uh, intervening in the energy market in Europe. No, no, they actually weren't. Uh, Sure they they were. They were going up. They were going. No, that's just factually not true. What? The prices start going up as soon as Putin starts. No, that's not true. But then he goes on to explain further. Yeah, because it is a fact that gas prices were going up before Putin invaded. And here's how he tries to spin this whole thing. Okay. On the chart, I was referring to oil prices, not on gasoline. Gasoline prices also oh. come, come up. Remember where we were on COVID yeah. a year ago and a year and a half ago. I know that nobody wants COVID. to go back to lockdowns that result in lower prices. We want to bring prices down, not because of less economic activity and more people at home. We want to bring prices down. Well, actually, that's what's happening right now. That's what's happening. Yeah. And, and, and here... <laughs> Not because of lockdowns, because economies are bad. Yeah. The other thing is is that uh, oil prices were also trending upward 
before the invasion of Ukraine. So, so even the sleight of hand is a lie. Right, it is a lie. Of course. Because we have more economic activity, more supply on the market, and companies are investing in America uh, so that we can have that capacity brought on while at the same time investing in uh, the future okay. of energy. All right. Debunked. <laughs> Meanwhile, unemployment claims are coming up. Yeah, well, one of, one of the few bright spots in the economy has been the, un, the low unemployment rate, but that might be cooling off. Uh, the number of people filing for unemployment benefits last week went up a little bit. It's just above the pre-pandemic average now uh, on a weekly basis. That's probably going to get worse because you got companies like Google, Walmart, Apple, Meta, that's Facebook, and mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft going through hiring freezes and layoffs. Walmart announcing today that they're, they're going to start having some slash-and-burn layoffs in order to uh, help the company's bottom line. So, I mean, right now it's not the end of the world. We'll see what the jobs report says tomorrow, but it is concerning that as we officially enter a recession, these numbers are going in this direction. Uh, it's going to be some troubled waters ahead. But, but it's not a recession. No, you know, it's not, no it is. I know it We're is. We're in a recession. Yes. Okay, something else out there. We've seen this. Over the last couple of years, Asian Americans getting assaulted for no reason. Yeah. Uh, there are like three different videos from this last weekend. One lady's walking down the street. Guy with a box cutter comes up, slashes down her back. Yeah. Oh, and, and no hate crime charges associated with it now. No. <laughs> I mean, it, what it, is going on? Yeah. So in one case, I mean, there was another horrific anti-Asian crime in San Francisco. A 70-year-old identified as Miss Wren was assaulted by four teenagers in broad daylight. And here's part of the report from ABC7. Okay. Roll it. Already on the ground, Mrs. Wren is kicked squarely in the face. Oh, my god! They used the fist to hit my head multiple times and then they pull me down to the ground and keep hitting me kicking me the horror doesn't end there when mrs wren tries to hide in the hallway and is unable to close the door the suspects return again not to steal her watch or earrings but her keys and to take turns assaulting the terrified senior for no reason yeah Uh, you really do you get so angry watching it you want them rounded up and you want them Publicly caned. Yeah. At the least. Well, and national media doesn't pay much attention to these stories because the attackers in a lot of these cases are not white. Correct. So when it's, you know, Trump saying China virus, we're going to have all the PSAs and be inundated with all this stop Asian hate stuff. Um, And some of that, by the way, was actually funded by the Chinese government because they didn't want us calling it the China virus. Right. It wasn't racist, but they convinced a whole lot of people that it was racist to point out that it came from China. Uh, But this is being noticed, of course, by many in the Asian American community who are. Yes. I mean, look, they're they're being abused by the left. And even when they're being assaulted, they can't get uh, the outreach that you would expect. Well, legacy media wants to put it on. Trump voters. Yeah. White people. And it, it, it's not. Yeah. It's just so, not. So Kenny Zhu is the president of a group called Color Us United. Yeah. Uh, just published a book called The Inconvenient Minority. Um, and he talked about the dynamic at play right now in America, specifically with Asian Americans, uh, on Tucker Carlson's show last night. 
Yeah, it was interesting. This is Asian Americans' political renaissance being fitfully born. And what I mean by that is this, Tucker. Asian Americans right now are in the middle of a political crisis because they are being taught a narrative about our country that does not comport with their experience. They're being taught that America is a racist country against them and that it's white Trump supporters that are targeting them. But their experience in San Francisco and Brooklyn is showing it's not the whites that are targeting them and it's not Trump supporters that are targeting them. Instead, as I show in my book, An Inconvenient Minority, they're being targeted by progressives. Nice plug for the book, too, the way you slid that That in. That is, yeah. Progressives are the ones who are trying to discriminate against Asian Americans in college admissions, and now they're trying to hide Asian American hate crimes because it does not comport with their one-sided racial narrative. Most of the time, it's young black males. Yeah, in places like New York and San Francisco, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's almost amazing to me. No one wants to quite come out and say that. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, how are we going to get past it? I mean, you got to recognize what's going on. You, you, you can't be afraid to tell the truth. Exactly. And, and you can point out the perpetrators of these crimes without saying that every black person hates Asians. Of course. It, Just, it, would, it would be insulting to even have to say right. that. Of course not. Right. Well, there are so many things we don't do this to in society. But, you know, the, that's one of the things that's been bugging me about the monkeypox stuff where we're just afraid to tell the truth. We have people with national platforms or who are in public health who refuse to acknowledge who is getting monkeypox because they don't want to stigmatize the gay community, which I think is actually insulting to to the majority of the gay community that also is not at risk of getting monkeypox because they're not going to, you know, jump in the pile. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> It's, I always wonder how you're going to say it. Yeah, seriously, I mean, the, the vast majority of the people all around the world who are getting monkeypox, at least in the West, uh, are men who are highly promiscuous and have Dude, sex with other men. Worth, this, this is worth playing again. You had this yesterday, and it was the CBS News anchor that yeah. you can tell is completely uncomfortable because a doctor is accurately describing who is getting monkeypox. But she doesn't seem to like the answer. And generally speaking, it is largely sexually transmitted. And it's also very limited in many ways into who is getting infected. It's a very small group of very highly sexually active gay men generally that are getting infected with this. Many gay men have very little risk of getting infected with this virus. And I'm glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people in that community are concerned about possibly uh, sort of being demonized, if you will, or looked at differently, similar to what we saw with the AIDS uh, crisis. This is not just uh, men and and women or, or homosexuals having sex. This could also be someone who's heterosexual, um, although you're saying that's the majority. But what is... What needs to be done, I guess, to make sure that that group is not ostracized when trying to get the help that they need? You you don't need to worry about ostracizing anybody. You just tell people the truth. I mean, if you want to if you're warning about the dangers of alcohol abuse, you target problem drinkers. If you're warning about about lung cancer, for the most part, you're targeting smokers. I mean, anybody can get lung cancer, but it is particularly pronounced in people who smoke. If you uh, are warning about why you need to wear a seatbelt, well, you're talking to people who are riding in cars. 
We're not worried yes. about stigmatizing anybody. You got to let the past be the past, okay? Agreed. <laughs> you know, or if you're talking about eating certain types of food yeah. is not good if you want to lose weight, well, you might offend somebody. Right. Well, hurt feelings sometimes is necessary to avoid danger or avoid something bad or unhealthy. Right. That's just part of it. My gosh, but now we've declared it a national emergency. And you mentioned this before. This is an interesting stat. So you're talking about 10% of gay men that mm. are promiscuous that would be at risk. Yeah, that are highly promiscuous. Yeah. Highly promiscuous. And then you go percentage of gay men in the United States and then 10% of that group. It's tiny. Yeah. But national emergency. Yes. Okay. Meanwhile, in San Diego, they have vending machines. Mm -hmm. What kind do you say? Well, San Diego County is going to be installing 12 vending machines that will offer free naloxone. Uh, yeah, naloxone. That's the medication known as Narcan commonly. It's an opioid. Uh, it, it, it blocks opioid receptors. It's to prevent overdose deaths. That is so sad to me, man. I understand. I understand that there's a need because... Way too many people are dying from drug overdoses. Yes. But, man, that is depressing when they're saying, yeah, we're going to have to put up these vending machines where you can get free Narcan to try to prevent deaths. It's, it, gosh, it's so sad. It is, man. You know, it, it's usually not a national story when it happens, but if you search it out in you know, just local news all across the country, it's like story after story of someone thinking either they were getting a Percocet or yeah. or something else that's laced with fentanyl, and they end up dead. Yeah. It's well, it's horrific. Yeah. Um, my gosh, man. There's a lot of depressing things out there. Do we have anything happy at all? <laughs> I... I don't know. I saw the thing that you'd sent over about the, the top everyday things that make us smile. You know what? I didn't even have a chance to look at that list. Is it good? Uh, let's see. What makes people smile? Like a little kid well, giggling always makes you smile. Yeah. A puppy. Spending time with your family was number one. Depends on the family. but It depends on, yeah, yeah what season you're in. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, right. Waking up to a nice sunny day. Yeah. Making someone else smile. Finding money in your pocket. That's a good thing. Number five was getting a good deal on something. That's Six true. was seeing an old friend. I'm so, going to stick with my original puppies and giggling kids. <laughs> Seven was surprises. Again, it kind of depends on what that surprise is. If it's a good surprise, I'll take that. Yeah, surprise, you've got a hernia. What? Mm -hmm. uh, number eight, spending time outdoors. Number nine, your favorite meal. And then number 10, hearing a joke. Listening to your favorite song just missed the list at number 11. Oh, there you go. Surprise, you found out you have monkeypox and you're heterosexual and you got to explain it to all your friends and family. Because <laughs> the CBS News anchor said, well, there are some, and I, from what I understand, it's very few, but yeah. there are some. And they got to go and have that conversation, say, really, I wasn't at the party. David said, I didn't, I didn't jump in the pile. Yeah, sure, buddy. Whatever you say. All right. Nimrod's the news and a news update. Straight ahead.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. News update, David Van Camp. I don't even know if I want to talk about this. Oh, no. Okay, I, I've mentioned before <clears throat> that if you're a parent and you've got, or a new parent and you've got little kids and I know everything, and trust me, I know this. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a, an almost one-year-old son. Mm-hmm. I understand everything they do to you, everything they do around you is precious, right? It's, it's adorable, and you want the world to know. Yes. When you send pictures, the, yeah. your kids are adorable. Yes. But I've said for years, don't post things that are intimate online, even if you think they're innocent, even if they are innocent, you know, bath time photos, things like that. Right. Because the internet is full of absolute degenerate trash. And those photos wind up on websites for people who are, well, degenerate trash. Correct. That also includes breastfeeding mothers. Well, yeah. Forbes has an article out today talking about all these women who are having their images of them breastfeeding their babies hijacked by pervs online and putting them out uh, on like fetish websites. And how they're, it's being used without their permission, all of that. It's deeply violating. But I got to sadly say, that's not surprising. No, it's not. Seeing these stories before? No. I mean, you can't do that. I yeah. mean, there, there are dudes that will look at women's feet for hours and get all aroused. You think a woman breastfeeding is not going to do something from, for some freak out there? Yeah. That's good advice. Just, just oh, wow. think twice before you put something online. Good advice, as always. All right, let's get the dimmer. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. This is a wild one out of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Inmates jail there got caught smuggling drugs in through a hole they somehow made in a reinforced plastic window. They're trying to figure out how they did it. But they think they know. One of the inmates softened the plastic up using hemorrhoid cream. Dang. Yes. Um, he smeared the window, apparently, with the cream, then took a lighter to it 